Hi, this is Adam from Filibuster, the Black and Red United podcast, and welcome to a not entirely normal episode of the show. Uh, I'm here in AMT Studios, where I record every week. Um, it might also be known as my living room slash dining room here in the District of Columbia, uh, because three years ago, Jason and Ben and I gathered at this spot to watch a replay of DC United's 1996 MLS Cup Championship game on Kick TV, and that video is still available on Kick TV or uh, on Kick TV at YouTube.com/kick. We watched the game and we turned the sound off and we talked over it. We didn't do play-by-play so much as it was just the three of us having a conversation kind of about the game while the game was going on. It was a lot of fun um, and and we think it made some okay radio. So we hope you listened to it if you were a listener of ours three years ago. But this week uh, on Thursday, October 20th, is the 20th anniversary of that 1996 MLS Cup and we're putting aside the fact that that makes us all really, really old, and uh, we're putting aside our uncomfortable feelings with natural forces like time, and we are celebrating that 20th anniversary by re-releasing the episode that came from from that day when we, we re-watched the final on Kick TV. Before we get to the actual tape, uh, I, I want to tell you that the Ehrlich Law Office is our sponsor. They provide discrimination, wage, and litigation solutions for Northern Virginia and the D- District of Columbia. They want you to know that your rights man- matter. You deserve to be free from harassment, and you deserve to work. They handle workplace discrimination and wage theft issues, non-competition and non-solicitation, litigation. They do civil rights, takings, disability, and they do education law, and lots more. Um, If you want a free consultation, tell them we sent you. Go to ehrlichlawoffice.com slash filibuster. Now, I I will just tell you to check out blackandredunited.com for our website and uh, on Twitter at filibusterdcu for the podcast at blackandredu for the website. And uh, you know the rest if you're a regular listener to the show. So without any further ado, here we are three years ago. All right, guys, here we are. We are in pregame coverage of MLS Cup 96. And the Belgian brothers to my left just took a simultaneous swig of their Belgian beers. Uh, I, of course, am uh, Adam Taylor from blackandredunited.com. And this show, Filibuster DCU, this is a very special edition. Uh, that was a very oh, short oh, weather announcement. Oh, on the, the explosion. <laughs> there are explosions yeah, happening right now. We're watching MLS Cup 96 right now um, on Kick TV uh, on YouTube with the sound turned off. It's... LA Galaxy versus DC United from New England, Foxborough Stadium. I'm joined, as always, by Ben Bromley and Jason Anderson. Uh, and we'll just jump right into it as we look at the old 96 ball and Bill McDermott on a very wet day in Foxborough. I, I remember this. Bill McDermott was actually a weatherman. Uh, he, is, <laughs> he is commenting about how the field is wet, but he also functions as sideline reporter for this game. That's fantastic. Uh, Jason, what are you drinking? Uh, I am drinking a uh, Palm uh, Special Belgian Ale. Uh, they have their fancy glass on the box, but it does not come with one. That's unfortunate. It's a, it's ta- they taunt you. Belgian Brother number two, what are you drinking? I'm drinking the Hardywood Single, which is a Belgian-style ale from the great city of Richmond, Virginia. Uh, it's quite tasty. You say the words great and city, and I don't know if you know what either of those mean. <laughs> uh, come on, I've been to Annapolis. Richmond is a great city. <laughs> It's fair. There's a mall. <laughs> There's a mall there. Uh, I, I have a 
uh, cocktail of my own invention, uh, which I may have had on the show previously. It's uh, rosemary and rye whiskey and simple syrup shaken together with ice strained over an up glass. So I'm a fancy boy. He's very fancy. I have your fancy glass right here, Jason. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> That's more fancy than the palm glass. <laughs> uh Ben was just losing his stuff here a second ago because for the first time we saw the LA Galaxy's jerseys and there they are again. Uh, Lightning bolts on the shoulders. I enjoy the Budweiser tramp stamp that they have going yes. on there. Yeah. Budweiser tramp stamp, block numbers, red names on back, yellow numbers, black shorts, also, teal half of front. Yes, Everyone's it's the 90s. It's one size too large. At least. The Antiguan Barbuda player with those tight, tight shorts would not approve of this <laughs> era of MLS. <laughs> DC United, of course, in their away kits, uh, the white, red, white. Um, I do wish we would get back to this look uh, in future years. We we wore those red shorts a lot that year with home and away. Oh, nice. Um, There was a lot of trying to figure out what the actual best look was. Because MLS in 96 was kind of an experiment. No kidding. Not an experiment. (laughs) All right, guys, kickoff about to start. Uh... so, if you're watching at home, watching the game along with us, uh, just time it up with us. Pause it now if it's already kicking off. Otherwise, pause us and wait for the video to catch up. But it looks like Cien Fuegos and... Hey, go. kick off. Cheers. And straight out of bounds. And directly out of bounds for a throw to DC United. No, to LA. Wow. What? Bad call, ref. <laughs> That, uh, that was actually uh, the referee of this game is the one and only good MLS referee ever. It's Essie Baharmist, uh, who unfortunately was right at the edge of being too old to be a referee anymore. But uh, he actually was good. So there was once a good MLS referee. Good to know. Uh, midfield battle so far. Echeverry got his first touch right by the mud patch. <laughs> there. Uh... That's, that's the, uh, the south end mud patch, because there's also... I think uh, oh, yeah, right there. a north end yeah, mud patch, is. Yeah. which is somewhat slimmer yes, it, than the a, south end. Yeah. And last year when I did a live blog of this game, I kept getting confused, as you will definitely be now, by the clock ticking downward oh, yes. instead of going up in a normal yes. fashion. It, yeah, 1996. It yeah, yeah, it does. Uh, it's college soccer, basically. Yeah, so we'll try and get you the right minutes at certain points, but we may be off by a few. I think I figured out a system once to figure this out. Uh, quickly, but now I've, I've lost it. So it was always kind of like Fahrenheit Celsius conversions oh, for me. That, oh, the North End pit stops the ball in its tracks the, the on Galaxy an LA Galaxy restart. Tried to play the free kick short. I don't think they thought that one through. Like, no, this will be. F- oh no, <laughs> that didn't work at all. Oh, looks like there's a box go- uh, mud pit as well. Oh, there's always a box mud. And really, the the north end mud pit that stopped it was just an extension of the yeah. north box yeah. Yeah. mud pit. I wonder. I wonder if they ever looked into uh, relaying the uh, field because you can also see some uh, some vague football markings mm-hmm. from uh, the Patriots. Yeah, this was back but when I the imagine... Patriots played on grass too, yes. uh, which they did until what. The mid two thousands to the the new Gillette. No, I think Gillette was grass for a was while it grass too. At first? Yeah, okay. this is the old Foxborough Stadium, right? Yeah, yeah. But I think Gillette was grass until there was one game when Bill Belichick, like, it was just a total mud right. pit the and entire said, game, and Bill Belichick finally her. said, "Okay, I wanted grass. This just is too much right. of this uh, of style, the, even of for this. me." 
So we're switching to turf next yeah. year. I, I I do recall going to a couple games up at the uh, the old Foxborough Stadium. Uh, but I were also, you at this game? No, no. My dad and I did uh, talk about it, but uh, we had I had a tournament that weekend or or a regular game, something like that. So. My mom made fun of us because we were talking about how miserable it was. She was like, weren't you going to talk about, weren't you guys thinking about going? I was like, well, maybe we probably wouldn't have given Oh, that's weather. a horrible first touch from, with like the left back. Who is United's probably left back? Gory. Gory? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So who, uh, who should we be looking out for now that we are approximately four minutes into the game? I uh, think. When the, in the first half... <laughs> Uh, well, well, don't don't spoil it for people who haven't haven't seen it. Right. Just if you were calling this game without foreknowledge, uh, um, well, who on DC United? Obviously, Echeverry. I assume that they brought up Echeverry and Harks, and then were and then mentioned that Moreno had come in. Uh, they probably said halfway through the season, but it was really more like a third into the season at the most. Mm-hmm. Um, he replaced Juan Berthy Suarez, who was supposed to be one of our star players, and then did absolutely nothing. He was. And so they brought a non-factor. They brought Moreno over from Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough, yeah, yeah. Borough. And which, if you which was a Premier League team yes. at the time, uh, or a, about, League One. Oh, 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 and LA scores. Wow, is that Hurtado? Yeah, Hurtado Hurtonke. scores very quickly. Oh, splash! And splashes down. <laughs> Apparently, the whole team just well, that's all, all of do. LA slid across the yep. screen just there. So, uh, who for LA should we be looking out for, Jason? Uh, Hurtado did come in, I think, on a, a pretty big tear. Um, they also had Kobe Jones and Mauricio Cienfuegos, who always played well against us, even though he was about five foot one. Yeah, he, he, was and- a, he was by far the smallest player at any given time, but always did well. It's a very quick service and, and header in from the right. Just put it to the back post and... That is Clint PA getting beaten on the uh, the header, not Eddie Pope. Of course not. Who'd have thought the first goal in the first MLS Cup would be the first goal in MLS Cup history? <laughs> <laughs> it's a That's a great stat there. <laughs> I think at this point... Uh, You'd have expected more out of uh, just to see some sort of involvement from Harks, but uh, I think to this point in the game he hadn't really even gotten a touch. I don't recall. Right, where Harks was playing uh, in this game, I believe left midfield. Left mid. Um, with they um, are there, there's a lot of balls over on his side, but it's always right. Echeverry Moreno over there, yeah. or um, or the left back. Uh, Maisner, uh, John Maisner was out on the right. Um, if, if memory serves, um, was it Maisner or was it? Um, it was Maisner. It was Maisner. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, one of uh, Arena's many UVA products. Um, Naturally, because at the time we were basically playing the senior extension of uh, UVA versus UCLA. Yeah. Uh, the Galaxy brought in essentially if you went to UCLA and played college soccer, you got to play for the Galaxy immediately upon graduating, and we were the same with UVA. For, yeah. Ben Olsen came through obviously right. a, a couple years after this. Yeah. Um, a lot of these guys. Uh, PA had been at UVA. Um, Richie Williams, I think, had been at UVA. Uh, Harks had been there years before. Um, so yeah, 
Arena went with who he knew rather than uh, the, the first MLS draft was just a, a, not just college draft, but just whatever players you could find. Yeah. And uh, I think Arena just went with guys he knew rather than take any chances on strangers because at that point it really was like, have you ever heard of this guy? No. Scouting was, was really non-existent. Hey, is that Talon? Did Talon exist in 96? Uh, I re- recall him existing. Yeah, because I think I just saw a, a, a fluffy bird-like thing. As John Harks gives the business to a Dunkin' Donuts sign. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> not its first corner and blocked out. He's very poor. Did not get past the first. Come defender. on, Harksy. And now Kobe really Jones running. Taking a corner kick with Echeverry on the field. Well, yes. And a foul going back the other way to break up the uh, L.A. counterattack. Cien Fuegos getting the business himself. Dan Kalichman is dressed basically like a coach. Uh, he does not look like a player. He looked kind he of was a starter for LA though. What position did he play? Center back. Center back. He was, he was I was going to say with with his facial hair, he looked like a poor man's Alexi Lawless. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that was uh, the style of the times. It was. The nineties were a weird time for everybody. I yeah. mean, look at these shirts. It's, look at the keeper jersey. Oh yeah. It's it's like a, a very bad Vancouver Canucks jersey. I, I distinctly remember the goalkeeper from my club team being desperate to get his parents to buy him one of those, and his parents refused because it was exorbitantly priced. Yeah. And he was really upset about it. <laughs> I feel like now he would look back on that and laugh. I, I'm going to put words in his mouth and say he would. <laughs> He's not still bitter about it? I would assume no. Whereas uh, he never asked for a Jorge Campos jersey uh, uh-huh. because maybe he didn't like highlighter colors. Maybe he was just racist. Possibly. <laughs> Allegedly. Maybe. I said maybe. <laughs> it's very sky is uh, across from the left side. Left footed though, so. That's actually one color jersey with a yeah, rather understated stripe yes, on the back is very, very low key of, for compost. Yes. It did not have the neon pink and neon green. I mean, I always loved his Aztec Eagle jersey from the 94 World Cup, mm. where it's just zigzags in eight different colors. Right. This was also one of the games where Campos did not, uh, they didn't send in the backup goalkeeper for a forward and then play him up front as a forward, which was done numerous times. Uh, he would wear his, his goalkeeping contrast socks would actually have the foot cut off. Uh, so that he could just take them off and reveal his playing socks. <laughs> nice. Uh, he so wore leg warmers over his right. socks. So that, this, that if they were going to do it, it was a scripted thing where he didn't have to uh, change jerseys on the sideline or anything. It was all ready to go. So he just pulled off his, his he, keeper he shirt? He pulled off all the keeper stuff, and he had a full uniform underneath. And I think he just had to come off to the sideline and do it real quick. Right. So he he's, was a useless forward. Jorge uh, Campos. I don't know why they indulged him at all. He never did anything notable. Was this the Galaxy that would do this, or, uh, or Mexico? No, he did it several times in MLS. Oh, wow, that's um, amazing. I think he also did it several times in the Mexican League, but he did it in MLS at least a couple times. Oh, United in the box. Oh, oh spurned yes. a chance at the near post. Right over the, right over the goal. It's Richie Campos Williams. not happy with Richie uh, Williams. Who really shouldn't be in a position to score goals. No, what was he doing that far <laughs> forward? Uh, he some he was actually, he had an okay goal-scoring record considering his skill set was to destroy other people from playing soccer. Uh, he uh, had a good just, sense of how to just get into space like that. Right. Well, he was so small, nobody really saw him. Right. He would <laughs> yep. actually sneak up to them from uh, ankle height. They would have no idea. <laughs> Until he bit them. Right. And then, obviously, they would be very upset. 
Also, he had the salt and pepper hair going even uh, as, as a twenty. Young man. Yeah. yeah, he was already the uh, grizzled veteran. And let us all thank our lucky stars that the New York Red Bulls did not make him head coach. Well, that would have been a competent decision. Exactly. Yes. And they don't do that. Is what he is still affiliated with the organization at all? I don't know. Up there, he's in U.S. Soccer now. U.S. Soccer. Okay, yeah. that so makes he's sense. Helping, sense. He's helping the, the the greater good without helping New York, which is the right way to do it. Yeah. I was I was happier than just about anybody, especially uh, the player involved when Juan Agudelo got traded to Chivas USA, uh, because it meant I could actually root for Juan Agudelo. Right. Exactly. I'm sure he wasn't happy about it because he was going to Chivas USA, right. uh, who I got to say is probably the least competent organization in the league now, Most likely. especially with Kevin Payne going to Toronto. Right. Right, who were the other? Right, well, they were just a, a disaster at all times, and in, in pretty much everything, they had gone from having a rabid fan base to having an angry fan base that was staying home. Yeah, um, most of those fans are Maple Leafs fans, and the same ownership. Same owners, yeah. The uh, owners of the Toronto Maple Leafs, for our, our non-hockey following uh, listeners, are a disaster, and they are widely hated in Toronto. What's funny though is they're. They're actually called MLSE. Yes. M- yeah. Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment. And so you hear people talk about it, and it's, it kind of feels like similar complaints that you'll hear about MLS sometimes. Yes. Like, they, they're not putting enough money in. <laughs> they, they don't care about the fans. They don't know what they're doing. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's interesting, the parallels between MLS and MLSE. Right. Which are completely unrelated entities, except that <laughs> yeah. MLSE is an investor in MLS. Right. And their initials are com- just coincidental. Right. <laughs> So, as far as game action, guys, we might actually be a little bit behind you because my Wi-Fi is being slow. And so the, the picture is getting kind of choppy. It's uh, 32 minutes and 49 seconds left in the first half right now. Uh, as we see a picture of Bruce Arena in a horrible track jacket yes. and an awful baseball cap on Bradley the sideline next to Bob Bradley. With hair. Yes. He has hair under that head. It's it's jarring to see. Yeah, uh, you kind of forget that he had hair at one point. Just like oh, that reminds me. I saw a picture. Like. Yeah, I saw a picture of uh, Robbie Russell the other day with hair with dreadlocks. Yeah. Oh yeah, that, that yeah. and that and Charlie Davies, same thing. Yeah. College college Charlie well, Davies him, had dreadlocks. I remember him because when uh, Boston College would come to play Maryland, it was Maryland versus Charlie Davies. Right, and in fact, in the one game, uh, I believe Charlie Davies scored the game's only goal, and so Charlie Davies had beaten Maryland by himself. <laughs> Because they didn't support him because they went into a bunker. They were like, you do everything on your own. Good luck. And he was like, yes, yeah, I, I will. It. I got it, guys. <laughs> it's also worth noting uh, that the goalkeepers uh, are wearing number nine, which is Campos, and number two, which is Mark Simpson. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the goalkeeping. Make guys. sense of that if you can. Right. Well, Campos like to be a forward. So. Yeah, so number nine made sense <laughs> for him. Was, yes, but two is hard, harder to explain. And, and here's a fun fact. He he designed all of his own jerseys. He's also colorful. <laughs> to the surprise of nobody. <laughs> it is kind of interesting to watch the uh, the difference in just the technical styles of the two teams. You, you have Echeverry and Moreno. Uh, doing very pretty things for DC right. United, and LA gets the ball and runs. Pretty they nice. give it to Kobe Jones, yeah. and he runs, uh, and then he crosses C- it in. Cian Fuegos was their one skill player. Right. Um, everyone else on the team was running hard or fast or both. Yeah. And he was even there just to find space so that he could yeah. make the last pass. Right. He was not pulling the strings. But oh, no. no, no. He, he stayed as far up front as possible. He was almost like a second forward. Um, 
But yeah, basically, his he, he was there for all of the skill stuff, and everyone else was there uh, doing the work. Eddie Pope sighting. He's upset. He is hacked down. Something tells me he's going to be okay at the end of the day. <laughs> and when this is all <laughs> said and done, I think Eddie Pope is going to get the last laugh. <laughs> I don't know. Something just I, I gut feeling. You know, you ever get those? Every once in a while. Usually I'm widely wrong, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see if I if I will be proved wrong. <laughs> I think DC United may be winning the hair battle in this uh, this matchup so far with Agus and Echeverry yeah, and you know, Gori. Yeah. And, and this was before Moreno even went with the uh, dyed blonde with the number nine left undyed. Oh, I didn't know he did the number nine undyed. Yes, I know uh, he made a joke in the press saying that he wanted people when they when they he beat someone he wanted them to look oh. and watch him and see who had beaten them, not from his jersey, <laughs> from his hair. Uh, if I'm covered in mud, I want this them is to still when he be was able to fast. Um, yeah, because I well, when he was slow, he had the that that buzzer was not game related, guys. <laughs> uh, that's just house stuff happening because we're in my living room. Um, and as the ball hits another that dead is. spot. Yeah. <laughs> when, when Moreno came back and he was uh, slow in his later years, there was one year where he just had the most ridiculous hair. It was, yeah. it was very long, but it was almost like teased. Yes. And it was bleach tips, but not, or half of it was bleach and half of it wasn't, but it wasn't half and half or anything. Right. It was like a, a Highlights, basically. Yeah. It was blonde highlights with black hair. And, and it was just... A classic early to mid-2000s. Yeah, basically. Right. Right. Well, no, that was this was late 2000s. He, this he was, was like 08, oh, really? 07, this was, this yeah. This was still a, uh, you know, Moreno saying that he could get away with it. Yeah. Like, I, I yeah. can do this. Yeah, basically. But if someone else had done it, he'd be like, no, you can't. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you look like an idiot. I look cool. I'm, I'm going to be all right. But you... <laughs> Are you going to retire as the all-time leading scorer in MLS? No? Then you look like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> really, we, we mentioned earlier Moreno coming from Middlesbrough. It's kind of ridiculous because at the time he was like 19 or 20, mm -hmm. and he had gone over to play in the Premier League. And mm -hmm. I can't imagine... Uh, an MLS team going and acquiring a player from a Premier League team at that age at this point. Well, that's the thing. I mean, could you imagine getting a 1996 vintage Carlos Valderrama in MLS today? Probably not. Exactly. I, MLS had such a... There was an excitement about the league in 1996 yeah. that, you know, was probably a little bit unfounded. But it helped the league certainly oh, yeah. we got Echeverry we got Marina we got Valderrama we got all the Americans to come back from right. from Europe and so it it ended up majorly benefiting the league mm -hmm. in in the short term and arguably in the long term but Marino always said he planned to come here for a season or two yes. and, then, and then, then go come. back over there right. after he showed because he wasn't getting as much playing time as he, he wanted kind of had trouble adjusting yeah when he first went and he's like I'm gonna go over to this new league that has Carlos Valderrama and has all these Americans from the 94 World Cup that beat Colombia. Right. And I'm going to go prove myself there and show that I'm, you know, worth playing. Yeah. And then I'm going to come back over here to England. And he just never got around to that second part. And and, and I thank God yeah, <laughs> that he didn't. Yeah. Uh, things would have been a lot differently. I don't think we would have found a um, even remotely suitable replacement anywhere else. Uh, even given... That back in those days, if MLS felt that a team needed the help to replace someone, they would just sort of 
let you bend the rules. Yeah. Um, they would look the other way. We're noted for always bending the rules. We got away with it a few times as well. Um, Early some, on, yeah. And some of the other teams never bothered trying, uh, which is their own fault. Yeah, um, early on at MLS, if you said, we really want to do something, but these rules are, are stopping right. us, MLS would say, what rules? Uh, no matter who you were. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't that New York and LA got favorable treatment yeah. early on. Yeah. I think later there's definitely a case to be made that they did. Um, but early on, it was just whoever wanted yeah. to break oh, the yeah. rules. You just had to come up with a good enough excuse. Yeah. If, if you could, if you said this play, we can get this player if you'd let it happen. Right. Um, they would let it happen. Uh, and if, now, if it was at all feasible. Yeah. Now it's a much more regulated, right. probably for the better. I mean, yeah. as far as we don't competition, need, we don't need teams don't have to go out and find a guy to get people to show up. Right. People will show up to watch the team for the most part, uh, except for a few places. Mm-hmm. Like Chivas USA. Yeah, Chivas USA. Tur- well, Toronto people, people still show up to watch the team. People up to watch the team for a while. Yeah. Not this year. Not this year. No. I, this I, year. I'm really curious why Montreal, the Frenchest city in North America, has decided to completely invest in Serie A players and Italians. Uh, I believe I, it's just I know. because the impact ownership is Italian. Joey Saputo and... Yeah, that's who they know. That's what their contacts yeah. are. Um, even when they were in the lower levels, they had several players that were Italian. They weren't players from as high up in the right. Italian hierarchy, but they, they had several Italian or Argentine Italian or otherwise Italian uh, players. So what you're saying is they're going to get uh, Ezekiel Lavezzi from PSG next year. Yeah. That, that's, that's what you're saying. Argentine Italian. Yes. <laughs> that's their big play next year. Yeah. He's just going to run rampant on that left wing and be the only player that they have. <laughs> That'll still probably make them a pretty good team. He's okay. <laughs> He's okay in soccer. He is actually my... I, I played FIFA 12 on my phone because I don't have a console. And um, that's for a good reason. Uh, but... Uh, I played FIFA 12 on my phone, and I always played as Napoli, because Lovetsy would just run past everybody, yeah. <laughs> and he was the best finisher of all the speed demons. He and Cavani or, right. would would just tear people up, basically. Just send three balls to him until you right. score four goals, and then you win. Uh, video game soccer. Video game soccer. For who some... needs a, who needs a cam? Who needs a central <laughs> attacking midfielder when you have wingers and, and center forwards who are just break the game? Pretty much. <laughs> For a second, I thought the goalkeeper for the LA Galaxy was running up the field for no reason, but then I realized, no, those are their regular jerseys. Yes. <laughs> These would be the thing is when they goalkeeping jerseys as well. Like you when they're zoomed out, they don't any... look awful. Right no, when it's one hundred percent black. Yeah, um, it's when you get in close and you yes, see the you teal. See there's the teal shade. Right. And you can actually see what the yeah, pattern is on the shoulder stripes. Yes, where yeah. it's the zigzag. It, it's all in the, de- the details are where things go wrong. As in so many things. Yeah. Uh, I assume Bill McDermott's back with Bill the McDermott weather report. Is probably just telling them that the, the weather is bad and isn't going to change. It is nasty out here. It's the, the, the always uh, confidence-inspiring moment where a goalkeeper allows a, a defensive player to take the goal kick for him. Right. Uh, which and always yet, appears good. And, and yet Compost would play striker. Yes. <laughs> yes. He couldn't take goal kicks, but he could play striker. Right. Would they do that just when they were trying to hold on to a lead? Or was this like a, we need someone to score goals, Jorge, move up? I think when they were, generally speaking, it was more of a, we're winning this game and let's show off. 
But I think on several occasions it was all of our other forwards are hurt. So if we need another forward in the game, we are going to have to send you up there. Yeah, that's definitely Talon on the yeah, sideline, yeah, Talon, by the way. Talon is uh, basically standing next to the D.C. bench. Flapping. Just uh, flapping. Encouraging <laughs> the random New England fans that showed up to cheer for somebody. Yeah, I do wish they had the 97 Cup Final on here, um, just because it was a home crowd. Right. Jimmy Conrad, get on that. <laughs> yeah, Jimmy Conrad, if you're listening to this, number one, thank you. Number two, call me. <laughs> Number three, get on the 97 and 98 and every final up that you can on kick because this or is an awesome DC service. Finals. Or just the DC finals. Yeah. Skip 98, okay? Right. Uh, even though DC was in it, skip it. We don't need to watch it. Get 99, get, get the 04 final. You already have the Eastern Conference final, uh, which we're watching we're right after this. We're going to have a hard this. time selling him on doing the 2004 final. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's true. His involvement in that game. Maybe we should ask Oleko Eskandari and do a... Yeah, we'll ask Desky. <laughs> to make that happen. <laughs> Sorry, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of battling happening in the corner there. No one's happy about Agus the call. Yeah. Everyone, <laughs> Agus is unhappy about the fouls. LA Galaxy players on... I, I, I couldn't tell if it was Sam Fuegos or Hurtado or who. I think that was Hurtado again. He generally threw himself around and made people angry. He was unhappy that he got called for a foul for... Right. Well, raping a guy. Giant forwards that throw themselves around end up unhappy. Like, what do you mean crashing into somebody is some kind of fail? I don't understand. I kind of hope Raphael ends up being that kind of forward. Uh, I, I just think it would be fun to have a. I mean, Mike Consantos was could it, was that when he decided to work without the ball, right? Uh, and when the other team had the ball, just kind of th- throw himself at people. But right. he didn't do that enough. Raphael seems like another big bodied guy. He could be uh, that guy. Not to be confused with Raphael, like Gusto. This is Raphael Souza with an F instead right. of a PH. Or the Raphael at Man United. Yes. Right. Or the, the Ninja Turtle. Or the Ninja Turtle. Or the Renaissance artist. Yes. For the, whom the Ninja Turtle the was last, named. The last person that we bring up. <laughs> of course, being the most important. Right. Um, anyway, have you seen that new uh, midfielder, Leonardo? <laughs> he runs around with swords. <laughs> it's awesome. Pretty fantastic. But he won't show he might have pizza. No, won't show up unless you offer him pizza. I, it's not jaundice because his skin's not yellow, but it's it's this weird green color. It's almost like he was uh, infected by some sort of toxic substance, <laughs> or he was amphibian. <laughs> but he's young; he's got a good future ahead of him. I think we can get some good years out of him. Everyone agrees that Michelangelo is a joke, though, right? Well, of course. More or less, yeah. <laughs> Come on. Echeverry is tying his shoes, his very, very long shoes. shoelaces. Yeah, ridiculous shoelaces. I didn't notice her uh, Compost's socks. Oh, yeah, those are awesome socks. They have nothing to do with the rest of his jersey. They're just black and white hoop yeah. socks. And we are wow, now... Foxborough, the old Foxborough Stadium was kind of not, nothing like a modern stadium. Oh, no, it was definitely an old-timey football stadium. Yeah, it lo- you know, it looks... M- more like an English stadium without the roof right. than yeah. a modern NFL bowl. It was, it was a pretty Spartan kind of place inside, too. Like, there wasn't any real amenities. It was just sort of like, I mean, there's a reason they built Gillette. Yeah, yeah. There were no boxes. There were no right. money-making yeah. measures. And you'd, you'd go up there, and it really was, you know, other than the, you know, the, the open corners at the end, a lot of it just felt like a place where the only thing you could do is watch whatever it was you were there to watch. There right. wasn't anything else to do. Which makes a certain amount of... Logical sense. Right. You're there to watch a football game. You should be paying attention right. to the football game. But that, unfortunately, that's not how you make money. Yes, that's uh, true. Is, is what we've learned. 
Because, like, if I were left in charge of building stadiums, they would be designed only for this is what you came for, and there it would be basically a uh, an unfriendly place. You would come there, and the things would be made of metal or stone, and uh, <laughs> you would have to sit and watch, and there'd be no other things exciting. I'd like uh, to see Jason design a stone stadium on Buzzard Point. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I would like to see Jason design a stone stadium. I would like to see a stadium be designed by somebody at Buzzard Point. I just don't know that Jason Artisans, is the one. Uh, known for their uh, stone craft is what we need. The DC United Coliseum. Yes. <laughs> uh, that would be that would be a lot of fun. I kind of do want to. I want to. Prices would be cheap. That's true. <laughs> I assume no, I'd they be able wouldn't. to control that factor as well. In Only I, I, I don't think so. I think I think no, the, the distributors the would have something would be carved to... into stone. <laughs> oh, so they would be they would be market prices as of now. Yes, but five years from now, when inflation kicks in, right, they would be right. when everyone else is paying four fifty for a PBR in DC instead of the three dollars you can get right now. Uh, it would beer be, will still be only seven dollars instead of twenty one. The number of people there just coming to drink. A lot of paying customers. There wait, 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 wait. So how is that different from now? Well, we'd be getting people that are even less interested in this uh, than, than the current, uh, I'm going to get loaded and, and watch this game and not remember it. Which is fine if that's what you want to do. Yeah. We've all had days like that. Yeah. I'm sure. Please take the Metro home. Mm. Or the bus. I'm or a big fan of the bus after DC United games. RFK is a huge bus bay. Yeah. Or Stadium Armory is a huge bus bay. And you can go and just catch a bus anywhere in the city. You just have to make sure to get on the right one that's not going east of the river, um, unless you happen to live east of the river, in which case, get go, on that bus. <laughs> Don't go to Sibley Hospital. Apparently, BIC was a big sponsor of MLS back yeah, in the day. Yeah, back this in the day. back when people used pens. Yes. yes. Hey! You have a pen. <laughs> I have a pen in my hand right now in case I want to take notes, which I haven't yet. <laughs> but, but you might be one of the only people on the eastern seaboard that has a pen that they might use these days. Oh, and I also have a mechanical pencil here. Uh, see, that's what I go with. That is Bic. Nice. Hey, there you go. Supporting you MLS. Support Supporting thing. MLS 19 years ago. Yeah. DC is just trying to work a, a nice combination through a mud patch, and they actually kind of pulled it Almost off. pulled it off. They got <laughs> through the mud they, patch. They geometrically passed around the mud patch <laughs> yeah. is what they really did. It's almost like they were thinking about it. Oh, <laughs> oh and then oh, no. oh, tripped over yeah. the mud patch. Yeah. Yeah. Also, you'll note that L.A. has about nine people lined up across the top of the box, even yes. at this point in the game. Uh, they didn't really play very attractive soccer. No. They were big on scoring first and then trying to hang on. Campos did look like he was already wasting some time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. And and we, we're we only 16 minutes into the game. No, no, we're not. <laughs> we're half an hour into the game. That's right. I'm also glad to see the MLS logo hasn't changed a bit. I've I, they did. The I think they did change the color slightly to make them yeah, more metallic-y or or, right, or make them fuller somehow. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for whatever reason, they've gone with that blue and green. And oh, you know why they did it? It's because Seattle invented MLS, well, and those are similar to the Sounders' yeah, well, colors. Course. Yes, yeah. exactly. And so they have to keep those colors forever because of the the homage right. to the Makes Seattle sense. Sounders. Makes sense. Can't wait for them to release their new third jersey, which will be some sort of color that has not been created by man. No. Uh, well, they've already used electricity Yes, as a third right. color. Super Cyan is yes. off the table now. Right. Um, they had those... Um, you know what? I think they're going to look... I believe yeah. was the other one. Slate. That was like the gray. The, the, the shale yes. gray. Yeah. 
I just thought it was shale, but apparently it's slate. Slate. I think shale's a color. Slate shale combination. (laughs) A hybrid color. (laughs) Right. Uh, Let's see. I think they got to go hot pink. But what are they going to call it? Yeah. Uh, What set of letters are they going to smash together to turn into a word? Well, all right. It can't be that inappropriate, um, unfortunately. Uh, So. Maybe it'll be named after. Like a, they can't call it anything Rose because of no, Portland. They, no, they can't have that. I mean, they could just call it Open Cup for the only thing they've ever won. Yeah. That's true, but they didn't win it this year. That's true. That's right. If they went with, like, another Cyan, then they could call it Open Cup because that would be similar to Sporting Kansas City's colors. Right, exactly. Uh, let's see. Hot Pink, they would probably go with Disco. Okay. Mm, I like it. And, and they wouldn't call it Pink, though. It'd be Disco Red. Right. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You heard it here, folks, first. We logically worked out exactly, what Seattle's yes. third jersey will be. All Disco the, red. All of the royalties send to us. Send them to Filibuster Podcast, care of Black and Red United, the internet, United States, <laughs> 20001. You'll need a stamp on those envelopes. You've probably forgotten that. <laughs> Mail requires stamps. Later, if if we get enough uh, response, I'll I'll announce my uh, routing and, and account numbers on there the podcast okay, so that yes. the royalties can come into my right. account. And of course, I'll share them with you. Surely, yeah. surely this won't go wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Only good things can happen here. I, I want to note right now. I there's an ad on the side here for Orlandi Valuta. I never actually knew what that was. Even as a kid, I never learned what it was. They Did you never... then figure out what it was? No. Oh. I never, I so this no story's going nowhere. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm That's the whole out. story. MLS had a sponsor that was just some mystery sponsor. Yeah. Or maybe a person who wanted their name on a board. The the ad that was right next to it, though, was something that, that I find very interesting. And there it is in the corner next to Nike. Bondi! Yes. They were a big MLS sponsor at first. That's awesome. Uh, which was very strange. Because previously, I believe they were known for making toys and... Uh, uh, some other like I think they made they video did games they did some point. video games yeah, yeah. Um, I had some Bondi games on the Super Nintendo I think uh, and also inexplicably MLS yeah and they would sponsor I think they were probably trying to get the rights to an MLS Sega Genesis game or something that would probably have been a good idea and I think Ben is trying to ruin your story about Orlando I am Vandari because he's he's gonna find out who they are or what they do. I, I really to, hope it's just a guy. If I have Google, <laughs> it's some guy Google named Orlando. Translate works on my phone. We may be able to figure this out. But there's no Wikipedia entry. No, there is no Wikipedia entry. So, so it really is a mystery yeah, sponsor. Exactly. Services. And products? Also, another <laughs> sponsor, the, the center field or the center line uh, sponsor is for Fuji Film. Yeah, I saw that. It's uh, not even an MLS board. It's right. an actual sponsor at center field. Yeah. And, you uh, wonder if the league even thought to charge more for that. I would, I would hope spot. they did, but, you know. It, it may have just been coincidental. Yeah. Because the Adidas board is right next to it. Right. And Adidas was always a big league sponsor, but it wasn't until later that they did the, the contract right. for the whole league instead of each team. Um, which, you know, in hindsight, they probably should have done Adidas from the beginning because Nike in the 90s was real bad yeah. at naming things. Yeah. And as long as we keep them away from colors, Adidas is pretty okay. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Any, any word on that research, Ben? No, they have agents of some sort. <laughs> Tra- travel agents? I don't know. Okay. Maybe real estate. Okay. 
I think sports they're, agents. They're, they're only in South America. They're not in, in Central America. So they're this not was in how, the United States. This was how optimistic the Western Hemisphere was about MLS. Exactly. You have people without a, any connection to the United States sponsoring our league here. And you see that in some in, in other leagues to an right. extent, like Barclays. Yeah. Has the Barclays Center sponsoring right. exactly. the, the Brooklyn Nets without any commercial presence in the right. United States. Just just in, you know, Europe, especially in England, right. in the UK. As you can tell by us not really talking about the game that much, DC United has not looked very good so far. Well, nobody game. has. Nothing, very little about this game has actually looked very good. Yeah. And it is an ugly scratch. John Harks just got taken down from behind pretty pretty hard outside the box. Captain Harks. Captain Harks. Captain for life Harks. As he should always be called. The, there was a lot of... Talon's flapping. Yeah, Talon is <laughs> flapping. But now looking at the field flapping rather than at the fans. Not that that makes much of a difference, I don't think. But uh, there was a lot of L.A., and this is the second playing room in which they've kicked the ball out of bounds, uh, out of desperation. This pretty much was how things went for a long time. DC couldn't break them down, and a lot of... Well, let's just play this out of bounds and hope for the best. Right now, Echeverry with another corner here. At least he's and it's Echeverry taking them. the corner yes. instead of Hart. On, on this this side, it was Echeverry because the left footed. And there's Campos who, who drops, drops the ball. Drops the ball. Is, uh, Luckily, there was a man in teal and black next yes. to him. So this is the Galaxy have changed their color scheme twice now. I guess. Uh, well, there was this, and then there was the um, piss yellow and with green, green. Um, which actually a lot of their fans have stuck with still. If you look yeah. in, in a galaxy uh, crowd, you'll see a lot of that still. Yeah, and then and they then brought back this when Beckham came. When Beckham, they they yeah. moved to uh, white and dark blue. Oh, that was a big splash, Hurtado, and it oh. was essentially in a pool of water. Yeah, at that point, or and mud, really. And, and Pope may have actually been beat there, and with. If the field hadn't been that muddy, we might have seen another goal. Yeah. Uh, no, he misplayed it. He misplayed it anyway. Oh, yeah. Mishit that. Yeah, that, that wasn't going anywhere even with a dry field. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this year, of course, the Galaxy brought back the sash yes. to throw back to the piss yellow and green look. If I'm not mistaken, that look actually survived the transition for them from Nike to Adidas. Yeah, I think it that's right. It was a Nike jersey, and then Adidas kept it because they, I guess, did not have a better idea at the time than uh, urine-looking jerseys. Well, a lot of the Adidas teams didn't actually change their colors, did they? Yeah, when they at did. first they, they didn't really change much. Yeah, and then it was later, later that rebranding came. The, figured out. the Rapids changed. Right. The Rapids uh, also briefly were... Uh, uh, dark or uh, blue and black. Stripes, yeah, that's right. Uh, which yeah. is very confusing. Which, by the way, is what Montreal should be wearing. It's on their crest, the it's the true. Inter Milan style, and I think their third jersey is going to be that yeah. this year. Yeah. But that should just be their primary jersey. Having a, a well, I think, Kansas City knockoff jersey well, is not they what they should to, be doing. Uh, go with what looked like the Montreal or the Quebec flag. Um, I think they were trying to touch on that first. Right. I mean, they, well, what they did is they had one color. They had that light blue. Right. And then they had, uh, sublimated Florida Lee. Yeah. All over it in, in the shape of a Florida Lee. Right. Um, which is cute. It's okay, but you can't see it from the crowd. It just looks That's like true. a sporting Kansas City jersey. More or less, yeah. So 
if they wanted to go with the Quebec flag, they should have gone Harlequin or something. Right. Where that, they where they quarter it and have, right. you know, I, I checkerboard. Would, I would be fine with them doing that, but I feel like for whatever reason, uh, we're not going to see that in MLS. Uh, any of those, like, half-and-half half or quartered jerseys. Oh, that would be so awesome. That would be pretty awesome, but I, I feel like for whatever reason it goes... I have I have a friend who... <laughs> Blackburn Rovers-style jersey would and, be awesome in MLS. And those jerseys, for whatever reason, he just can't stand them. He sees them and he's like, oh, ugh. And it's like, what's wrong? He's like, yeah, it's just all... Ugh, it's too busy. And I feel like that would be... And yet we had this! The Galaxy! <laughs> oh, this is a, a different problem altogether. This might it's be too busy. why he feels that way to this day. It might just be bad memories of the, the 90s Nike jerseys. Because Marco Echeverri gets a yellow card. And argues the referee uh, for a while. After the yellow card. And the Galaxy free kick. Oh, Ooh, well saved. They uh, went for the quasi-Olympic goal there. I don't know if it was deep enough in the corner to call it that. Yes, that is a young Bob Bradley, <laughs> says the Kick TV pop-up. I love the pop-up video elements to, right. to Kick TV. Oh, man. It's a power shot. So it just tells how fast the ball is going because that will leave you impressed. <laughs> well, I saw one actually at one point that was Cristiano Ronaldo mm-hmm. power shot. And it did leave me impressed because it was over 80 miles an hour. Right. Uh, <laughs> that I, was amazing. I, I think the problem with MLS's use of it was that all shots had to be measured in. Oftentimes they were not that hard. Yes. Um, and so it was like, well, that was like a 30 mile an hour shot. And it's like, well, that's not really great That's not at impressive all. if you can throw it that fast as a teenager. Right. That's not something to be billing. I think also they were kind of stuck because Pepsi was funding. Uh, they, they were, it was yeah. a sponsorship thing, so they had to bring it up a certain number of times. Right. And so out of desperation, it would just be like, <laughs> there's Pepsi power shot. Well, luckily in early days MLS, there were a lot of fouls. Yes. So there were a lot of opportunities for direct kicks on goal. Uh, fouling was uh, an easy solution a lot of times. Problem solving has always been a big part of soccer, and that is one <laughs> acceptable, right. sometimes, uh, solution. Uh, <laughs> oh god, what do I do? Kick! <laughs> I feel like we've been talking forever, but it's only the fifth minute. <laughs> this game really did drag out. Yeah, this, this first half, uh, um, not the biggest advertisement or the best advertisement for MLS ever. Uh well taken goal by Hurtado, but not a lot and of clear foul. Yeah. <laughs> clear push and yeah. a yellow oh, card for Hurtado. Automatically presented yellow card. Yes. And then Hurtado and gets in the rest. Yelling at each other. That would be a second yellow today. Most likely. Yeah. The, that is the, this is uh, where dramatic lunge forward. Yeah, trying to intimidate the ref after right. he's given you a yellow card. Whether or not you throw a soccer ball at him yes. is a second yellow, probably. It's also, there's the shot of the crowd right behind this yellow card. Uh, a lot of uh, people in the crowd wearing the poncho, so you can't actually tell if they're DC fans or just angry fans in general, or um, maybe they were fans of um, someone that didn't like Hurtado. Uh, yeah. They're just all white or yellow bags that people are wearing. As was the fashion in the time. Yes. We all remember 1996. <laughs> I had several white or yellow bags that I wore in the rain. 
I think LA now has 15 people in the box. Yeah, it looks that way. They, LA just brought in several uh, several players to just stand in. Uh, I mean, no this one is looking. This is kind of wild there. that this happened where you would just they would just let DC United play up until the 18 right yard line, and then that would be it. Then they would just pack in the box. They honestly, they didn't have too many other uh, better ideas. Um, they had a lot of good defensive players, so they just put them all on the field. Yeah, in the mid-90s were not a particularly good time tactically no, for was, world soccer either. No, it was an ugly time. Uh, actually, World Cup 94 was uh, one of the ugliest ever, though less ugly than World Cup 90 in Italy. Yeah. Which was the worst. Well, it was, also, it, it's influenced by Italy. Fall in love with the game. <laughs> Go uh, figure. Figure that one out. Well, in a similar vein, I'm, I'm kind of a believer that you kind of are made as a fan by the heartbreaks. Yeah. And not by the successes. Yeah. And the, the moment I knew I, I was a diehard kind of DC United fan for life was uh, the last playoff out, ouster we had yeah. before this. When, when Christian Gomez had the handball yes. on the equalizer, the series equalizer, that was nullified. Uh, I was at that game, you know, snuck into the Bar Brava section or the edge of the Bar Brava section with some friends from, from school. And we were having a great time. We got drunk before the game on on happy sprites. You know, okay. liter, one liter sprites. We emptied half out and oh, filled yeah. up with vodka. Yeah, of course. Uh, for those of you who don't know, kids, um, get your parents' permission before doing this. <laughs> uh, because at the time, I thought we could bring in factory sealed bottles to RFK. Right. I was a new enough fan to the live experience that I thought that was okay. And I turned out to be wrong. And so we had to stand outside the stadium and, and drink our bottles. Nice. Which we did. Right. And then we ordered beer once we got inside. Um, it was a lot of fun. Obviously, the, the result was not what we wanted. Um, but being, I, w- I was distraught enough that I wanted to I, I wanted to get in a Chicago Fire fan's face about it afterwards. And I'm like, that's not my personality, typically. <laughs> <laughs> I care more about this than I thought I did. Similarly, I became a soccer fan because of the American showing at the 2006 World Cup, uh, which is nothing to be acclaimed or talked no. about ever again. And yet, here you are. And yet, <laughs> here I am today. I spent a good half a day in, in uh, my backyard laying, uh, staring up at the sky after that game, uh, after the third game when the yep. U.S. actually went out. Yeah. Uh, various, we had various people over and every single person there that was emotionally invested in the game Ended up in a different place, staring off into space. <laughs> there were several men strewn about. Uh, it was kind of like the end of um, the uh, video uh, for Radiohead song "Just," where everyone gives up and abandons life and lays on the ground. I thought they just caught his disease, whatever he had. Well, they, they've they've always uh, maintained that they they did write a line or a paragraph that the guy on the ground says, right. but they right. never would reveal it, um, be it a disease or a thought or whatever right. it is. Uh, it was like that. that it was Robin Fraser injured in a MLS Cup final against DC United, which happened three years later, as well. Yeah, happier days for Robin Fraser when he wasn't yes. coaching Chivas USA. It's because he has this well, mustache, exactly. Uh, yeah, that he could have used this year. Yes, he could have used the mustache. Um, he, of course, he's no longer coaching. Well, of course, Chivas USA, and he's probably happier for that. He should probably be growing a mustache <laughs> and uh, going on interviews. Exactly. Mustache first, though. Not and fade. First. You got to keep that get well, that yeah. fade haircut yeah. oh, too. Yes, of course, get both of those back. Go full Will Smith nineties, and that is the half. And that's halftime, guys. Uh, 
Well, I'm going to keep the microphone on, but I imagine we're going to skip over this these next few minutes and uh, start with the second half. But we're going to take a break here, guys. So uh, we will talk to you in just a minute here on Filibuster, the Black and Red United podcast. Hey, Ben, um, you wouldn't say this is a hostile work environment, would you? You can tell uh, me. Depends. I mean, well, I should ask you. I mean, is are goats hostile? Uh, I think goats are, are hostile. I think that they are secretly trying to take over the world. But but if this were a hostile work environment, or if I were trying to steal your wages, or or do something else oh, nefarious, in a, I'm really not. Uh, but in a workplace environment, you know who to call, right? Because you live in the District of Columbia or Northern Virginia. I, I do. It's the Ehrlich Law Office. It is the Ehrlich Law Office. Uh, they they offer discrimination, wage, and litigation solutions in Northern Virginia and the District of Columbia, which means I can totally create a hostile work environment for Jason. Except, no, he, they, they wouldn't want me to say that. That would be bad. I do not want to create a hostile work environment for anyone. But Jason couldn't call them nonetheless because he lives in Maryland. Sorry, Jason. I'll fight my way through this. All right. <laughs> Uh, they handle workplace discrimination, wage theft, uh, non-compete clauses, and uh, non-solicitation litigation. They handle civil rights and government takings and disability and education law. They handle a lot of things. And if you are interested in a free consultation, head to ehrlichlawoffice.com slash filibuster. Okay, and that's where everyone has changed into uh, fresh, fresh, fresh kids. Yeah, we're back, guys. This is Phil Buster, the Black and Red United podcast, and we are off. DC United kicks off and immediately sends it to the galaxy. <laughs> There's a lot of long ball kickoffs back then. So we're oh, cheers! Oh, cheers! Of course, of course. second half kickoff. So, Jason, what is DC going to have to do in the second half if they're going to pull out this game? Uh, and don't say score goal. Basically. <laughs> They kind of have to find a way to break down the uh, giant wall of 600 Galaxy players that forms at the top of the box every time they attack. Um, because that's what they've been unable to solve, mostly, other than they get fouled. Uh, as Harks just did. They kind of fire in a free kick and hope for the best. But uh, they have to actually come up with something in the run of play that uh, breaks through the giant uh, black and teal and orange and red uh, wall that is forming. Did you say white? Did I throw in white? I don't know. Because there's white on where it says Budweiser. Okay, there. so white as well. Yeah, that's and the, the trim fifth, around the word galaxy because it's color. black on black. Right. Because you had to have five colors back then. At least yes. five. Yeah. DC United almost didn't make the league because they only had three. And then Kevin Payne put his foot down. Three colors? What are you guys doing? You guys know you have to have at least four or five, right? Where's your neon? This is the 90s, neon. damn it. Look at Tampa. They've got like six different neons. You couldn't find one? Well, they just wanted to be as colorful as the coach. Right. It was Thomas Rongen uh, at the time. Oh, really? They yes. started with Rongen and then went to Hudson? Uh, no, no, Hudson coached in Miami. In Mi- yeah, oh, he coached Miami, Miami. That's right. No, mutiny. Um, no, Rongen actually won the Supporter Shield with Tampa in his first season because he had Valderrama, Ray right. Lasseter, and, and Steve Ralston uh, as a rookie. Um, and they just scored a ton of goals. Right. And then came the playoffs and wet weather in the north. Right. Uh, people, man, oh, people, I say, we shut down Valderrama pretty well in that series, and they really never looked like beating us at any point. Richie Williams! 
Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Back, that was back when... Man marked him out of the your game. Your way of shutting down a playmaker was to mark that guy. Yeah. It's like, you do this. It was a novel strategy then. Right. And actually, it's the reason why number 10s are not dominant in the game anymore. I mean, in MLS, you can find number 10s who can do something. Sometimes. Only a few of them, though. Yeah, but it's, it's not hard. it's not super common. So when everyone at... When everyone kind of agitates for a, a cam, right. a central attacking midfielder, uh, a, a true number 10, you're always kind of uh, left asking if you want to just hand over the keys to that guy and right. make everything work for you that guy. The entire team. Or, or if you just want somebody who can play within whatever system he, right. he's placed. And, and that second one is what you need nowadays because right. you can't build a system around one guy and have a whole lot of success. I mean, RSL... Unless that guy is amazing. Right. Yeah. RSL has a system that's based around possession, and they need a guy like a number 10 right. to make it work. But he's not But he's not the guy. Yeah. You, you have Javier Morales, and if you, you can put somebody else in that spot, right. you can put well, Luis Gill you know. there, and, and it works. Ned Grabovoy has played that. Yeah, exactly. When Ned Grabovoy can be... They said someone else has to play there, and they didn't change anything, really. Right. So you can see that he wasn't an indispensable thing, whereas a lot of times, if you're going to go... Like, FC Dallas without um, David Ferreira pretty much were terrible. Right. Um, And they had no way to get around it, and they're kind of stuck with him, whereas... I think think they were also hurt because Breck Shea was awful. Yeah. This year. Yeah, and it didn't help. When when they have a when they had Dax McCarty playing alongside Ferrer, that was when they right. were at their best. That's when they made their MLS Cup final right. appearance. Right. Um, and then they decided they could get rid of Dax McCarty, and that was probably a mistake on their part. Probably. Though it did let us get Dero through right. a roundabout series of events. Although for this for this upcoming year, I do kind of wish we were somehow able to get Dero and keep Dax McCarty, but yeah. obviously. That would that be impossible. A midfield trio of Kitchen, McCarty, and De Rosario would be ridiculous. We should try yeah. and offer them a trade. We should. <laughs> Do we have? We should have traded Mike Chabala yes. for Dax McCarty. No, 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 no. Chabala's a left back. They're oh, only stocking it. right backs in New York. That's true. They've already got left back covered with Roy Miller. It's <laughs> always and free kicks. We don't need anything in this spot. We have Roy Miller. What is there to do? I hope he plays more often this year. <laughs> yeah. God, he, he was all he really positions. was the MVP of that series. <laughs> just just He's, he know. scored the own goal. Right. The, A the, spectacular own goal. Yes, uh, yes it was. Well taken. Very uh, impossible to save right. own goal. And then that free kick that'll just live in infamy. Infamy doesn't even begin right. to describe where but, that that Shot will live. Is, is Dan Kellickman actually Louis C.K.? <laughs> he does look like Louis, That's doesn't exactly he? Who he was uh, <laughs> before before he went into comedy. Okay, uh, this yep. is several He's years before defender. he directed Pootie uh, Tang. Yeah. <laughs> There's actually video of him before the game uh, coming out of the Boston Tea and walking yes. into a pizza restaurant, eating half the slice and throwing the rest <laughs> <Right>. away. <laughs> It, he's actually the inspiration for, for Louis. Of course. Not, in fact, Louis C.K. Right. Common mistake. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Louis C.K. is playing Dan Calvin. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, 39 minutes left in the game. Uh, DC United down one nothing with the ball at their own end. It is funny that the 
the DC Keeper is actually wearing just DC United colors. Yes. He's not wearing any alternate colors. He's not Jorge Campos. Who, who is wearing actually a Seattle Sounders uh, Third electricity kit. Yeah. jersey. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Oh, nice Ooh, cross. Great cross on the volley. Cleared out, though. DC United finally looking a little more dangerous. A little lively. Wow, that almost looks like Omar Gonzalez. Almost. I mean, if, if Omar Gonzalez existed in the 90s, that's, right. as, as a full-grown man, that's <laughs> yes, what he would he look like. He would have had that exact look. Does it have to be evil Omar Gonzalez because he had the goatee? Yes. Right. Of course. Actually, yeah. Suck it, stats. <laughs> At the half. Did not turn out well. I mean, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, it did. Well, I love it when foreshadowing time. stats turn out backwards. <laughs> right. Oh, foul waved off. Also worth noting that those records were 9-0 and and 1-7 and and had no tie line. Uh, yeah, was, that's there true. There was no tie possible. <laughs> that's, right. that's right. You had to do the shootout. Which is a great way to win money off of goalkeepers uh, for you young kids out there. If you want to set up an MLS-style shootout and bet your team's goalkeeper that you can score on them, you will because all you have to do is shoot from outside the box. Uh, they come out and can't close it down, and you just right. shoot early, and you score. As long as you hit the target. Yes. If you keep it on frame, you'll score, and you'll win money. As we used to do to my team's uh, goalkeeper, uh, he would come to practice $10, or leave practice $10 lighter. He still lives in poverty. He does, actually. <laughs> uh, yellow card for DC United there on a scissor tackle, really, uh, on an LA Galaxy player of some kind. Looking very yep. upset. Uh, not just angry or pained, but aggrieved. Oh, Clint P.A. Yes. Oh, just yeah, chopped him down. It was a wet field. <laughs> not really a lot of intent there. Just a nice cutback and, right, and a wet field. Yeah. yeah. Yellow card appropriate. Not a right. red card by any means. And I enjoy, uh, speaking of hair, I enjoy Clint P.A.'s mustache. Yes, it's yes, fantastic. It's a nice mustache. Especially like the shadow he's got going, yeah, the rest right. of his facial hair. He, he hasn't shaved in a few days, but he really hasn't shaved the mustache. It's not that he's trying to grow it, he just hasn't shaved it. Right, it right. just yeah, hasn't yeah, been yeah, time. Yeah. <laughs> no time to deal with Two it. days ago, he had time to shave everything but the mustache, and then he was late to practice. Right. Yeah. Uh, four days ago, he actually had time to shave it all. So, LA Galaxy throw in here. All right, Jason. Earlier this week, I asked you on on the last episode of Filibuster uh, how worried we should be as fans about player acquisitions. The next day, right. Raphael is announced, or, or at least rumored. Mm-hmm. Raphael, Raphael, I'm not sure exactly how we're going to pronounce it. Probably Raphael. Raphael. Yeah. <laughs> Just like the Ninja Turtle. Yeah, exactly. Uh, do you think we need anything really substantial coming in be, besides him? Is he a potential starter? I mean, we've seen I mean, we've never, seen the football manager stats. We've right. seen the YouTube clip that Ben put together or Ben pulled up. We've seen even the FIFA 13 mm. stats, thanks to some commenters on our right. on our website. Uh, so could he be a starter? And either way, do we need more? Like, could he be? I'm sure he could be, but uh, he could also be worse than long tan. You know, I, would have no, no idea. He could pull a Pablo Hernandez. He could. Right. 
Now, I assume that a guy that was getting something... Oh, LA Galaxy. Oh, and there's the second LA yes, Galaxy with, goal. It's Chris Armas, who uh, actually often turned up his best soccer uh, playing against us in MLS Cup Finals. We see that sometimes. When you've been yeah. in as many finals as, as DC. Right. Oh, yes, of course. Right. Uh, United now, 35 minutes to score two goals to level it. Not looking great for the black and red at this point. Why somebody's waving a Mexican flag for Chris Armas, <laughs> I'm not entirely sure... But Louis C.K. sure looks happy. Is he, he is actually, for once, not feeling awkward or uh, slightly put off. Yeah. He's not learning any existential lessons from his children. Right. <laughs> or chickens. <laughs> it's actually kind of a nice goal, considering Chris Armas' yeah. reputation as a destroyer. Yeah. Uh, he has a nice touch to get in himself into space and uh, finishes on the run. And it was a 55-mile-an-hour finish, which I don't entirely believe. No. Because it was a more placement shot around the keeper. Yeah. Yeah. Either Chris Armas is God. (laughs) Also note that every slide tackle player goes about two extra yards. Yes. Those are my favorites. That that guy was not planning to continue towards the sideline, but he had no choice. (laughs) You know, if if New York had been involved in this game, they would have... Their coach would have... Tried not to take the field. Obviously, we didn't want to play. They didn't want to play because they would. This Why kind would of weather, with this kind of field, would would just it would sacrifice the integrity of the game. Right. Exactly. Right? You can't play in inclement weather because then the technical nature of the game doesn't come through, and right. and you're left really with with the potential for the worst team to win. Right. Well, especially if you which is actually happening to have any staff to actually take care of your field. Well, no, you don't want to take care of the field. Right. Do that. Right. No. 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 That's that's an on-starter. Make sure you get that tarp off several days before the inclement weather yes. arrives. What's funny is there's actual video of the the Red Bull Arena staff removing the tarp at around 4 o'clock in the afternoon, the day of that game. Right. Well, the day of that non-game. This is a great idea. I think that's been it's the like third They squeegeed time. off... Oh, back heels were huge in the day. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> they I actually squeegeed off the tarp before they removed it, and then they just went inside. Right. And it's like, it's obviously snowing enough that you need to squeegee off the tarp before it's even light enough to pick up. Right. Yet, you're going to wait two hours and let the snow accumulate before you start shoveling the field. It was a, a standard uh, Metro story. That, so, that is so Metro. Yeah. Either that or exactly. it's cheating. It's either so Metro or it's cheating. And in either way, the same thing? it's so Metro. Well, more or less. I think saying that so Metro is more, that's really incompetent. Well... So a lot of time their cheating went poorly. Like it's they true. Would cheat and then it would turn out badly anyway. It'd be like, oh, we shouldn't have done that. We would have been better off playing with the rules. They'd put the extra goals on the wrong side of the scoreboard. Right. It was many hilarious ways for it not to work for them. So back to what we were with, saying. With Raphael. With Raphael. I would say that um, we still probably need to find a forward that we can be more certain of as a starter. Um, I still think we'll be an, a perfectly okay team, but I, I think the difference between, you know, the, the, obviously there's a huge urgency to upgrade over Leonard Pahoy, uh, everyone's favorite player. Um, but I think the team would Ooh, be... distance shot that Campos has to clear over the... Just tip, tip over, over the bar. Yeah. yeah. Um, we'd be nice shot from PA. A, a playoff team with Pahoy starting, given the supporting staff around him. But the difference becomes playoff team or actual contender. That's the level we're trying to push to. And I think having a forward that you know is going to be, you know, basically the guy we thought we were getting in Salihi, we probably need to go find a guy like that over again. 
um, which won't come cheap. Um, it won't be easy, but that's kind of the next, to, to take that next step, I think that's more than anything else what we would need to do. You know, I I actually kind of think Salihi, well, we got in Salihi is what Ben Olsen and Dave Casper thought we were getting in Salihi. We were getting a guy who was going to need service, but who would put away goals when given the opportunity. And then he was going to have D-Row alongside him and Boscovich in the right. midfield. And we were going to be a real possession hoarding team. We were going to be oh, yeah. like those early DC United teams that would just dominate possession and and basically run you to death by making you chase the ball around. Mm-hmm. And then we'd feed it in to, to D-Row who would make a slash or, or to Salihi who would find himself in space in the box. And they would put it away. And that turned out not to be possible. So I think it was it was more a miscalculation on Ben Olsen's part early on in what we needed, rather than a scouting failure in what in, in thinking Salihi right. was something other than than what he was. And then the the doghouse that that we talk about with Salihi uh, being put into, or, or witness protection program, I know some some of our readers mm-hmm. have called it, uh, was just a matter of Ben. Benny going in a different direction, saying this is yeah. not this style is not going to work for us, and this is what Salihi really needs to succeed. And whether he's right on that or not, we can't say because he didn't play much Salihi. Right. But it was more determination, not about Salihi's skill level, but about what he what Salihi needed to succeed and what the team needed, what the team could provide. Right. And right. he he wasn't able to build the team around Salihi the way he may have wanted to even mm. early on. So he ended up having to remove Salihi from the lineup for yeah. a lot of a lot of the time. Well, and, I, and I think that going forward to next year, we can actually there there is a way that we can incorporate Salihi in. I think Kitchen might be able to take the step to be a lone D mid. We'll see. Well, that's what I was going to say. Do you do you guys think that we can go back to the diamond midfield of the DC United days of of yore, or do you think that the diamond midfield is a tactic that may have? I think it depends on they who can't we, work in the in the current MLS. I think the Diamond can obviously work in the current MLS. Look at RSL; they're they're a very good team with that Diamond, and United were a good team with that Diamond once we figured it out early on mm-hmm. this year, uh, or last year, whatever the right adjective is for that. <laughs> that said, I don't think United are necessarily going to play the Diamond. I think. United are going to be better served, especially with marauding fullbacks with, as you and I have discussed, Jason, uh, a number eight instead of a number 10, mm. a box to box type who can provide some creativity, but also provide some work mm. on the defensive end. And then if we have that and we have those runners, maybe we don't need a target forward. Maybe we can build from the back and not rely on McDonald's long balls increasingly to someone. Right. As opposed to his trademark long ball, so no one in particular. Right. He got McDonald improved oh, yeah. by leaps and bounds this year as far as targeting people with his long passes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's not something you see every day. Uh, uh, on the throw in, a yes. throw in directly into the hands of the keeper. It looked like an inbounds play on in basketball, and, and except for this part. And speaking of the game, Tony Santa has snuck his way on for Mario Gori yes, at I some re- point recently. I do recall this being a problem. The uh, substitutions would happen, and the production crew was not aware that where they would come from <laughs> or how they happened. And so players would come in, and the announcers would be just as surprised as anyone else. 
the I guess Bill McDermott was not alerting them to what was happening. He was too busy <laughs> looking at the sky. Right. Well, he is a weatherman. Uh, <laughs> I believe they even brought him in as uh, like National Weather Service weatherman, Bill McDermott, who then had to function in two jobs. One of which he didn't really know about. He's like, they're at the beginning of the game when he's holding the right. the classic miter soccer ball. Yes. He's like, they handed me this ball. It's not a football, in my understanding it's, of here it. Here it splats when I drop it. <laughs> Watch. Okay. <laughs> now imagine you were trying to kick this, because I understand that's what they're going to be doing today. These, these gentlemen are prepared to kick this ball. As strange as that may sound to you. <laughs> America soccer. So- is that right? Soccer? How's it pronounced? Has arrived. I will say that I think um, going back to the, the formational issue, that one of the things we I kind of ran we kind of ran into is that with DeLeon and Pontius being who they are, it's better for us to play a system where they're allowed to stay wide and have that 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 freedom of a winger rather than like RSL with the diamond, those guys have certain responsibilities. To They're auxiliary inside. central midfielders. Yeah. Um, it's bet when Will Johnson was there, now that he's in Portland, they'll have to figure out how to deal with this. A lot of times what they would do is Johnson would actually join Kyle Beckerman in central midfield and they would actually have two. And then Grabovoy would basically play off of Morales and they would almost be in a box. And it was, right. it was flexible. But the point was that those two wide men often were very central. And we found with Delion Aponius that they are better when they are allowed to stay wide and then work from there. Um, but if we play like that, playing a lone defensive midfielder and a lone attacking midfielder leaves you with a huge gap between right. all those guys. Um, so I think we might have to look into a situation where Kit- Kitchen may be the only truly defensive midfielder, but a player alongside of him needs to be at least sort of... Um, Two way, right, and, and and not lined up directly in front of him, but right. somewhat alongside him, right. at least when we're out of possession. Yeah, whether whether that means two banks of four or a four two three one when we're out so, of pos- so, possession. Yeah, especially if you have the the fullbacks marauding the way Corb and and Nahar do. Right, uh, and we'll see. You know, obviously, we've still got a actually getting hard to uh, stick around. Come back um, from Belgium. Right. Um, whether Anderlecht wants to make a, a move this time or not, who knows. But I do think it's going to take a really sizable offer to pry him away from us right Most now. Likely. It's going to have to be five, seven Cause, million. Because he signed up. He si- he signed through when? It, not just this year. He's not a year no, away. I think, I no, think he's not a year away. Two years. It might even be one year longer, but probably not. Right. right. And we might have an option at the end. The, right. the team might have an option right. at the end of it. Um which is not something you really hear about in world soccer all that op- no. often is is a team held option yeah. at the end of a contract right. because and the rest of the world players have so much more bargaining power than they do here. Right. Just because it is such an open market. It's not just one league. Right. Whereas right. here you're signed with the league. So it'll take a big offer for the team to let go of Nahar. Mm-hmm. Yes. Probably more than five million. Yeah. I don't, I don't see it happening. Especially for a player of his age. Right. It just right. You don't and, see players like that at his age very often. Yeah. That said, I don't I think if, if Anderlet comes with an offer that's within a couple million of whatever our break even price is on him, mm-hmm. our let go price. Right. Uh the team will negotiate hard to get it. Yeah. Rather than saying, No, we're not right. interested in hearing any right. offers, which is the New England Revolution thing to do. Right. Yeah. With Parkhurst and or Twelve Dem- Men Dempsey. or Dempsey. Dempsey yeah. Dempsey, yeah. They 
the revolution would just say we're not interested in it. And any. they would lose the player for free. And the also end. the other players around the league would say, I don't want to play for those guys. Right, exactly. Uh, um Which is why it's kind of amazing to me that Fail Harbor was willing to go there. I, I think he was in kind of a bad spot at the time. Well, wasn't he That's was he a true. returning national team player? Didn't he get lotteried? Uh, I, right, but yeah, he, he did get but, so he wouldn't have a choice. So but New England was at the top of the uh, well, order, yeah. so he knew that they would be there, and he right. could have said, "I'm I not think, interested in coming down to loss if they select me." Yeah, he he true. could have done that. And I think this was a situation where his agent. I remember there being something that his agent knew where he was going to end up before before he actually was announced as an MLS right. player. So they went in knowing what they were getting into. Um, and the fact that it didn't work out. I mean, maybe that was more on Jay Heaps, but. Phil Hubbard didn't actually play that well no, this no. year either, so um, you could say it's sort of both of their fault because they wanted to play possession soccer and it didn't work, and they sort of abandoned it. Well, sort of. They completely abandoned it by the end of the year. Um, which which also really, didn't work. It was really weird <laughs> to watch them go from a team that was attractive but not able to win games to a team that was just completely ug- ugly, and it was mostly the same players, and it was very weird to watch that happen. Whereas we went from a team that was attractive, trying to hoard possession, to a team that just kind of played counter in moments of brilliance. Yeah. Agus with an early, an early MLS example of the the invisible card. Yes. This was back when that, that was... Because nowadays you do that and you don't get punished for it, but you're supposed to be punished for it. Back then yes. you were just allowed to do whatever you wanted with right. your hands. <laughs> and uh, the referees would pretty much just let, let you do whatever you pleased. Oh, soccer players are so cute. No, I, I'm a big believer that anyone who asks for a yellow card with their hands should be given a yellow card. <laughs> they did ask for it. They, they asked for it, so you give it to them. But, you oblige. Uh, they, there and was all of a sudden, a, no one asks for it anymore. There was a time where that was actually happening, and then it just sort of was like, eh, forget about it. And the ball has stopped dead in a mud pit. Yeah. <laughs> Again. Really, any time the ball comes into the middle of the field... What was funny is that was actually towards a corner, right? Yeah, yeah, that was the. It's like my left side of midfield. Yeah, this uh, the far side uh, from the camera does appear to be worse, I think, than the bench side. Yeah. I like that. This was back when they oh, back when they calculated the NHL style points, (laughs) where goals counted for two points, even though they only count for one point in actuality. Right. Well, statistically, you know, a goal is probably worth more than an assist. By by one. By, one. by one. By double. <laughs> oh, hey, we actually have a, a, a substitution. They, this, uh, they oh, figured it out. It comes in Sean Medved. Medved. Sean Medved for, let's see. Jason, I'm sorry we, we didn't get Medved to come over oh, today. Yeah. I know you suggested it. Oh, this is for Mario, Mario Gori. Gori. Yeah. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was Meisner who came out for, yes, uh, for Sonic. For Sonic. That was a... Position that was a straight, straight right midfield swap. Whereas Medved was like a forward winger, didn't play very much, uh, which is uh, why him even getting on the field in this game was kind of a surprise. But well, it was desperate down by two goals. Yeah. You got to yeah. make an he, offensive sub. He was sub. Uh, the only other. I believe Steve Rammel uh, did make the bench for this game. He had played the previous game because um, Diaz Arce was suspended, I think, or he play, he had played earlier in the playoffs anyway. Um, uh, and replace Diaz Arce because they were basically. Is Diaz Arce even in this game? Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, because oh, yeah. he hasn't. Yeah, he he we haven't really seen much do from very him. Very much, other than score goals. Right, uh, he would just pop up and score. Yes, uh, he was maybe why uh, we've often gone after the poachers. Right uh, over the years, is because it worked so well the first time, and it worked so well the second time. Yes, yes. 
Not the second time Diaz Arce was here. No. The second time we got a poacher that was doing well. You would think that after learning after that from Diaz Arce, we wouldn't keep bringing players no, back no. for a second go-around. A long history of that. But we keep doing that. Another back I'm, heel as well. Yes. yes. Now. More back healing. And, oh, Sky. A, a, really a ship gone finish. into orbit. Yes. Uh, <laughs> the the, the arms hand to the Bruce. <laughs> There's the, the looks like, talking yeah, there is the as I Um That was a good object lesson in why you should not <laughs> lean back while shooting. Because the ball yeah, actually yeah, yeah. did stop. We actually full stop right in front of him, so he had to one, kind of adjust his balance. That one we didn't get the Pepsi power shot, unfortunately. To find out how slow that ball <laughs> floated over the uh, it probably well because it didn't go at the radar gun. It went uh, up. Yes. <laughs> And it was so slow that it wouldn't count. It wouldn't. Right. It wouldn't even register. Yeah, not actually, a powerful shot on a motion, <laughs> on a motion sensitive light or a motion activated light, the light would right. have stayed off. Yep. The, the the Pepsi uh, poorly hit shot. Uh, I, I think that's Diet Pepsi or Pepsi Max. One okay. of those. Well, this was, was this, this is before Pepsi Max. Uh, was this, was this Crystal when, Pepsi. Uh, yeah, that's what Crystal I was Pepsi. Say exactly. the, the Crystal Pepsi, Pepsi poorly hit <laughs> shot. <laughs> o meter. <laughs> Jaime gets hacked a down. Of, a lot of arguing for uh, further punishment here. And it looks like we're going to get it. He, he did from get the, the vaguely half camo yes. decked ref. That was a strange pattern. <laughs> uh, those those were the referee jerseys for years, uh, all the way down to youth soccer as well. And, and there's one back, Tony Sane. With the header off of an Echeverry free kick, Moreno earned with a foul. Grumpy Campos is grumpy. Did Lots the internet exist in 1996? I think Al Gore had invented it by then. Yeah, yes. I'm, 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 yeah, it did exist, but I don't think internet memes no, I don't existed think so. yet. If they had, Grumpy Campos is, is Grumpy exactly. might have been one because MLS, as we've discussed, was this huge thing in 1996. Right, right exactly. That would have been the viral video. And that is a nice header. That is him. very high, and that was a and fun, unmarked. That was a free a, header. A powerfully hit uh, free kick. From Edgeford, he really yeah, to the far post. That in there yeah. Yeah. L.A. inexplicably left a large man unmarked at the, the back post. Well, he's behind the far post. He's never going to get right. the ball. Right. For a ball to get to him, it's going to have to be lofted and we'll have time to get over there. Right. Or not, you know, either way. I, I also like that Sané is one of the many players wearing a significant piece of jewelry. Yes, he is. Uh, which apparently was just not going to be punished at the time. It was just, I'm going to wear this chain and you're going to allow it. I mean, it's actually heavy enough that it's pulling his shirt. Yes. Uh, it has defied his shirt and gotten out, I think. And yet it's still pulling the collar down further. Yeah. Like, it's it's actually kinked. And Bob Bradley's swagger. Oh, no, that's Steve Rose. Oh, that's Steve. Okay. okay. Like, uh, no, Bob Bradley has a different, uh, strangely colored uh, jacket. <laughs> With the same stripes, though. Oh, yeah, the yeah. same stripes, just different. Uh, I still have one of those that was uh, from my high school that's royal blue with black and white. Nice. Um, ah. Next time we do one of these at my house, you have to wear it. I, I actually wore it yesterday. <laughs> it, it's basically a replacement for, like, a robe. Uh, if a robe, if I'm going to oh, cook, okay. the robe sleeves hang. So you need something that uh, sticks to, towards the wrist. So Sometimes you just need some elastic on your wrist. Right. Yeah. Just just to feel better about things. Whoa, that almost looks like Emiliano Dudar playing it's, for the Galaxy. <laughs> it's actually a former United defender, Greg Vanny. 
Oh, oh Manny. When he was actually... Well, pre-former. When he was pre-former. Fast, yes. When he was fast enough to... Eventual uh, former United Defender. <laughs> at this point, we're having to deal with uh, multiple timelines. <laughs> but uh, this was when he was actually fast enough to play left back. Wait, he is he carrying Frost, a photograph was... right now of, of like his own childhood and his brother and sister are fading well, away? So. He should, he just, to, just to explain <laughs> it to people. Uh, or is he tattooing... Uh, Useful information onto his arms and his right, body. Right, just in case when it, when he uh, comes around, he can't remember. Exactly. Uh, no, if I if I were Greg Vanny, I would want to have some sort of useful explanation that could quickly solve the problem instead of him having to waste ten or twenty minutes explaining what the problem is every single time. <laughs> Greg Vanny, the only man who could get us to mash up Memento <laughs> yes. and Back to the Future. <laughs> it was bound to happen at some point. Again, royalties payable to yes. Black and Red United, the internet. Zip code to triple oh one. Is this right. actually is this a situation where, this might be a situation where they ask for uh, royalties from us. Oh, well, that's probably true. Way around, but it's, so we should, in which pay. case you should talk to Ben Brodley of Richmond, Virginia. <laughs> it's fair use. Address. I'm a librarian. Fair use covers everything. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> I'm not gonna mention that I'm a lawyer, because I'm not a copyright lawyer. Exactly. I guess I just did, but mm, fair that's use. neither here nor there. I'm not oh, big cross into the back post that Campos collects and trips over his own player. A lot of people end up on the ground here. <laughs> Aw, there's good sportsmanship. Helping the other guy up. Campos with the classic time-wasting, ah, oh, my, <laughs> something. My the shoulder I didn't <laughs> land on. Oh, man, to me. it hurts. And Campos's popped collar has been popped this entire game. Yes. Which uh, is fabulous. He used to have, um, he would wear things, uh, like the underside of his collar would have a message of some sort, like Surfer uh, was on one of his uh, jerseys because he was a surfer. So he wanted you to know that he would pop the collar so it was always out, which meant it was no longer the like prominent secret you might have thought, where you might just, oh, it's like that little detail that makes the jersey. This was always showing. So it really wasn't what, I, I don't think it was what he thought it was. Like, no, this is really sweet. And it's like, well, it's just a word on the back of my shirt uh, that isn't hidden from anyone. So. And there's no relevance to anything. No, no. Right. It's just a, a random thing that you enjoy. It's like it's like how every goal celebration now, at, at least the last month, it's back another heel. back heel, but this one actually pulled off. Yeah. Ooh, and a nice pass. And except the the dies to the, the mud pit, but a corner. The, the, that the puddle, mud pit wins a corner. Yeah, that puddle did just prevent Echeverry from going to goal, though. <laughs> yes, it uh, did. There was no defending. It was just the puddle. Yes. But, all right, so did the puddle win a corner or give up a corner? Well, the puddle conceded a corner, but it was the right decision. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best way to look at it. And that was just an inexplicable almost pass. Did, also almost didn't get out of bounds because of a different puddle. <laughs> it almost died. Maybe it was the same puddle. It, I mean, at this point, it's more or less one giant puddle. That was a really Tom powerful header. Thinking of Hale McDermott talking about puddles, Guys, probably. it's still raining. <laughs> Thanks, Bill. We brought you in on this. Guys, it's wet out here. Back to you in the studio. Thanks, Bill. Soccer, soccer, soccer. Curtinolfo! Which is the only reaction that's acceptable. Curtinolfo's coming in to help uh, LA shore this one up. And he was just as successful in this as he was as DC and yep. coach. So he, he's the same thing happens to Curtinolfo no matter what team he is representing. Yeah, Except, I guess, well, this he year's did, He did win two MLS Cups in the last two years. Yeah, well, an assistant coach. Sh- he did. 
But he's not in charge. Exactly. That's because Arena hires anyone that used to coach for him that failed as a coach elsewhere. So Dave Sarakin is his number one assistant. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if, uh, I'm trying to think of what else there, who else out there could possibly apply to this. But eventually LA is just going to have a whole bench of former coaches that are now Bruce Arena's right. assistants. I mean, they're, they're basically like the half of the coordinator ranks in the NFL. Right. Where one half is on the way to becoming an NFL head coach, the other half is on the way back. Right. Yeah, exactly. You get a sense of how, oh, how many people... Oh, miscommunication DC there. DC concedes his corner. Uh, that was basically a three-on-three attack. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, and it took a while for DC's uh, third player to arrive. <laughs> yeah, and yet... L.A. took their time. Yes. Right, because all their players were back defending. But they earned a non-mud pit corner. Twelve and a half minutes to go. D.C. United down a goal to two. That makes this the 78th minute? Sounds right. Ish. I was told Um. there would be no math. (laughs) And Simpson completely flails on that. Simpson flails, and the ball goes off the crossbar. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Kobe, Kobe Jones. Jones nearly won it. This was this was when Kobe Jones had dreadlocks on only the top of his head, and the rest <laughs> yes. of his head was shaved. <laughs> yep. That what is... what kind of hair does he have nowadays? Because he, was, I believe he has... that actually took a deflection too, and yeah. off the top corner, forty three miles an hour. Important. After the deflection, which, which means absolutely nothing, right? <laughs> uh, I believe now he actually has uh, a full head of dreadlocks, but they're sort of kept. Uh, very neat. There, there's some sort of um, band of some kind to keep, hold them together in one group. I, think. I see. I As opposed to what's going on right now. Right, where they're everywhere. And yeah. only on the top of his head. Right. Somehow, at the same time, all in one place and yet all over the place. <laughs> his hair's bigger on the inside. That's yeah. Exactly. <laughs> oh, no, he's got full-on long dreadlocks now, it looks like. Yeah, that's what on, I thought. The last time I saw From the, the pictures, yeah. Yeah. Kind of a Whoopi Goldberg thing going. <laughs> oh, when Mark Simpson Mark... was a fantastic cutback to yes, save himself. Just from... nutmegged in his own box. Yeah. There's the, the classic uh, indoor goalkeeper who does not want to be a goalkeeper. Yeah. <laughs> Which most MLS goalkeepers in 1996 were. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Mark Simpson did play indoor soccer for the Buffalo Blizzard, if I'm not mistaken. Wow. wow. Um, Good pull. Uh, he, well, the Buffalo Blizzard were in the same league as the Baltimore Spirit. Um, and there were only not like, to be confused with the Washington Spirit, the new right. women's team. Exactly. Nor, nor to be confused with the Baltimore Blast, who <laughs> were were in place and then were sold to someone who changed the name to the Spirit, and then the old owners bought the team back and immediately changed back to the Blast. <laughs> um, this was before there was MLS. This is what you had to make do with uh, for local professional soccer. It was a tough existence for you, wasn't it? Uh, really it was, tough childhood. You, Jason. you found things to do. Uh, we would often, I had a paper route, uh, so I would go and use the money to buy the, like, stuffed soccer ball, and the game would invariably be full of too many uh, indoor soccer timeouts and other, you know, strange happenings. So you'd get bored, and you'd go in the concourse and play soccer until the security took your ball away. Uh, and because I was the only kid with money, I would always have to buy a new one. Um, and so it's I, like when in, in the sandlot, anytime they hit a home run, they'd have to buy a new baseball. Exactly, exactly. Anytime the security came, you'd have to buy a new soccer. Yes, ball. and so uh, I probably went through a lot of my paper route money buying new Nerf five dollar uh, stuffed soccer balls to then waste within one or two games of purchase. 
And you'd also have to get it in. Like, if you bought one and it managed not to have it confiscated, you had to get it through security of course. Uh, for the next game, so you didn't have to buy a new one, which is a whole thing. And my parents didn't stop me, but also did not help me. If you can get it in there, fine, but if you can't, that's that's your problem. So under ten minutes left to go in the game. Uh, so should we just pack it up and go home? I don't think United States... Yeah, it looks, it's out. looking tough here. Yeah. Um, just in case this comes into play, overtime rules. Uh, yes. I believe this was back when MLS was using Golden Goal Yes, rules. this was actually right when the Golden Goal was thought up. Oh, wow, okay. Uh, this is when the idea first was proposed, and then we were using it because, you know, we love sudden death in, in U.S. sports. Um, whereas I think FIFA didn't uh, bring it in until a couple years later. Everybody's splashing into the splash. Yeah, that's what really the the puddliest area of either wing is yeah. that corner. Um, Fortunately, it's the one United is going down all right. the time. Because that was the Hark side, right? Yes, this was, this was down the left. Uh, Moreno also liked to end up out there. And Oh, oh and the rebound goal! Sean Medved. For Sean Medved. With easily the biggest moment of his professional career. <laughs> uh, Campos makes the save, and then uh, Medved actually gets two whacks at it. And puts the second and, one away. You can tell the people cheering are DC fans not from their clothing, but their poncho, and they're jumping. And they're, yeah. Because the ponchos are basically covering up who anyone is. Or maybe they're just fans of good soccer. It could be. Uh, a lot of the people that, that were at this game were there to support, like the, the guy with the Mexico flag, was probably just there for Campos and not anyone else. Right. So um, maybe there's some really excited Sean Medved fans out there. I would there. hope so. Uh, a bad punch by Campos, and yeah. then a bad smother. The power shot, of And the 36-mile-an-hour power shot. It wouldn't be a goal if we didn't have the power shot. But uh, I feel like the Salvadoran fans were conflicted because of the presence of both Diaz Arce and Cienfuegos. Right. Um, who were two of the best players in the country's history. And they're playing against each other. So really, maybe that's who was there celebrating good soccer, was <laughs> Salvadoran fans who could come out on top either way. Right. Um, it was really the best possible solution for them. I know Americans always loved Fulham versus Everton games, just for that reason. Right. The 700 right. Americans playing each other at any <laughs> given time. Which is amazing on two 11-man teams. Right. <laughs> yes. It was a crowded field, but... You know, they, Especially they considering crowded. half the Americans on the field were goalkeepers. Yes. <laughs> Mostly, that was the only time Americans have ever rooted for a nil-nil tie. Right. Just, what? To, just to have bragging rights. Was Casey Keller versus Tim Howard. Right. With Brad Friedel's in the stands, I'm sure. <laughs> Wearing a baseball cap. <laughs> and speaking with his British accent. Oh, off yes. the post. Th- this yes. uh, ends up getting waved, waved off. off. Oh, but that's no. one of my favorite moments of the game, which is just DSR say going ham on... Uh, or no, uh, Echeverry Echeverry. going ham on all of the uh, yeah. LA defenders. Echeverry just basically says, all right, cheat code time. Yeah. I'm going to dribble the the end line, cut it back, and it's going to go off the post. The post hits Etcheverry yeah. in the arm. I'm going to use my arm, and I'm just going to put it in. Yeah. 
Also note that and the Galaxy Defenders were doing nothing for either. Well, either I'm wondering the what the call was because the referee actually put the ball four yards out. Yes, it looks like it said handball just on the kick yeah TV yeah kick TV kick, kick TV. I think said it was handball. also offside. So was it offside? Was it a handball? He was like, it may have been offside. I it, think it probably should have been offside. And, and the placement of the ball was just like the three yards for LA wasn't going to make a difference. Right, yeah. um, but the ref was making a gesticulating wildly. The he was very foul. Was here? Yes. L.A. ball. Uh, it was very kind of a bizarre throughout this game. That's true. Um, so I think at this point he's become just at this point angry with both teams, uh, <laughs> as you do. Yeah. Yeah. At this point of the game, it comes kind of chaotic because uh, L.A. is really on their heels. Um, they were not once they got the second goal, they thought they were done. Like the game was over. From Here, here's a replay. And it's, it's a handball. You know, I think Henri may have gotten his inspiration from Echeverry. There you right. go. There you go. Maybe LA just stick that arm out just a game. little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if they're Irish enough to do that. Mm. I don't know what that means. I think. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to say. Look at Echeverry go. His mane trailing in the wind. <laughs> now now he's angry. So <laughs> now he's beast he mode, Echeverry. And uh, you would not like him when he's angry. Another player who's a little bit green-tinted in the skin. Exactly. Again. More back and suddenly his, his shorts become purple instead of red. Right. right. Yes. Only but, less than five minutes. You have to love the placement of the ad board somehow being <laughs> even less convenient than they are now. Campos, that was a great corner from Echeverry. Yeah. Campos forced to kind of dive back slap towards his own it, yeah. goal and slap at it. And then he's yelling at the referee instead of following the ball. And the oh, referee's yeah. in the worst possible spot, <laughs> right. just in the middle of the play. I like that instead of having, this was before a, uh, there were any compression undershirts, uh, Campos just has a black sweatshirt that yeah. gave him. <laughs> yep. I'm, I'm cold, guys. And they're like, I don't know. I, one of the guys had this. Here you go. Here's a Galaxy sweatshirt. It's black and teal. <laughs> Luckily, it was before Nike figured out that you could make the sleeves different colors. Right. Which yes. they've done now in, in football undershirts. Yes. Especially, where you have one sleeve that's just... A different color. Apparently the Galaxy in the entire history of MLS through <laughs> 1996 <laughs> had never scored more than two goals against DC United. Um, really remarkable statistic. Right. That one. Especially with three and a half minutes to go in a in the game. And that was begging to be a goal. Yes. Yeah, and so DSRSA. DSRSA. About 30 yards out of goal somehow. Uh DSR say should have just a very light chip and running yeah. onto it yeah. would have probably been the right thing to do. He tries to send it into the goal. This, this time the puddle actually helped him quite a bit. Uh, the puddle and he was actually wide of the goal, too. Yeah. He was high and wide. Yes. Yeah. You would not know from this game that DSR say was one of the most important DC United players of this era. He, not a great game for him. He did score a ton of goals. Yes. Uh, this, was, this was a bad Oh, wow. One. That was a very soft foul given by the assistant referee. I mean, I'll take it. Yes, but it was definitely a, a two tiny, players coming together. Yeah, that would probably not be called today. No, by most assistants. No. We're just two minutes and forty seconds, forty-five seconds away from uh, from overtime. If if necessary, if nobody scores a goal in that time. 
So, Jason, what should uh, what should oh. DC United be looking to do in overtime? Who should they be looking to get the ball to to have a chance to win this golden goal <laughs> overtime? Most likely, uh, <laughs> it would seem to me that the best bet would be to find a way to get Marco Echeverri onto the ball somehow. <laughs> do you think he should get the ball in the middle and, and send in through balls, or, or should he be trying to combine or send in crosses? Uh, really, how how are they going to break down this LA Any, defense again? Anything in the middle would be bad, just because you've also got to fight the puddle. Yes, the mud pit <laughs> is is a formidable defender. Uh, probably, point, probably the most important player of the game. Yes, at this yes. point, the puddle is uh, more of a factor than any one player is going to be. Harks is wearing some of the puddle <laughs> I think, on his jersey at this point. Just talking about how. Nike figured out you could have a sleeve a different color. I think John Harks may yes, have been yes. the inspiration for that with his one muddy sleeve. Yes. <laughs> his one sleeve is just completely dark brown. Uh, actually, it's almost the shade of uh, black that's on the Galaxy jerseys. Right. At, at this point in the game, it's, there, there are a lot of long balls being fired into the L.A. box, whereas L.A. is really trying to play through one or two guys. Yeah, um, they're sending long balls to Hurtado, who's Hurtado. looking to combine with Cienfuegos and Jones yeah. to try and to do anything. two players really coming to help him. Um, maybe Chris Armas jumps in sometimes. Yeah, that's it. the Galaxy are really the classic mid-90s broken team at this right. point. Um, Hurt, I do remember uh, Hurtado used to not be known for work rate. Uh, asking him to run and work hard was ludicrous, and he would be offended. But in this game, he actually did uh, put in the amount of work that you would expect out of a lone forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, really, he could have gone down as... He probably could have ended up as a MLS Cup MVP uh, had the game went the way it did in the first half. Right. He might have come out with that kind of award. But uh, even here, you saw him actually running, running a ball down, knowing that no one was going to come help. Um, whereas... A terrible knockdown hitter. Um, <laughs> it was offside anyway, it yeah, looks like. But Half a minute to go in regulation. Uh, L.A., one chance to send the ball down the field, it looks like, uh, before overtime kicks in. It looks like they're not even really trying that no. hard to do it. Uh, Campos setting the ball up for a teammate to take the kick. <laughs> um, because why not, I guess? Yeah, I mean, they, they Profit? Yeah. Wow, I see what you're talking about on the MLS Net logo. Yes, it's totally That's awesome. fantastic. Uh, I don't know why we don't bring that That back. is such a 90s underline under <laughs> yes. it. The Wait, giant triangle. It doesn't, it doesn't follow, like, it doesn't get bigger as you get towards the end of the word. It actually starts bigger and gets smaller. <laughs> yes. Uh, maybe because trying you... to add some sort of visual perspective. Like, it's a further away. The T is further away distance-wise. Well, luckily, Kick has let us skip uh, whatever festivities or commentary there was after the end of regulation before yeah. the start of the golden goal overtime is Andrew Shu who was on uh, Beverly Hills 90210 and also was on the Galaxy roster uh, he did not play often even in even with the silliness of that uh, it was there were no illusions that he was any good he did play college soccer uh, and I believe he played at Princeton, something like that. Not UCLA. Not UCLA. He's one of the rare <laughs> Galaxy players that did not play at UCLA. I was already in LA, so they yes, he had to up. live in the neighborhood. Funny being on Beverly Hills nine hundred two and how right. that puts you in LA. Yeah, close enough. The Galaxy with the ball in DC United's box now. One on four. One on four. Strangely, United defies the odds and comes right. away with the ball, <laughs> which they then immediately clear out of bounds Just at midfield. 
smash it. At this point, there's the not one... a lot of soccer being played as far as coming out of the back. And that was just team. a great throw-in with the touchback <laughs> to the guy who just wasn't expecting it, and the ball yes. rolls out of bounds. Great play by the Galaxy there. Really fantastic soccer. You know, if nothing else, watching this tells us how far MLS has come as far as the standard of play. Yeah, exactly. For the average player, especially. Yeah. You know, a lot of these guys are role players, and they couldn't even execute something as simple as a throw-in and a touchback. Uh, yeah, granted, they are a little tired, but you should be able to pull that off. And that was dicey there, too. The shield for Simpson to come yes. claim the ball at the edge of his box. I think he slid about three yards to yeah. collect it. <laughs> Nearly ran out of his own box. Also, possibly injured Jeff Agus in the yeah. process. Yeah. He may have ended Agus' as a career. And this guy was he not didn't. a goalkeeper coach. Spoiler, he didn't. <laughs> I'm going to pass What's them. What's happening here? <laughs> Apparently the ref decided the free kick needed to be taken from the other side of yes. the, the that, That's reasonable for them to not have to kick in the puddle. Like, what are you doing putting the ball down the puddle? Are you crazy? LA Galaxy with an opportunity Very there. Early. Yeah. Yeah. The shot went out of bounds outside of the six-yard box, so, though, so that was that. Brut Karpetian, who, if I'm not mistaken, has the all-time um, record for fastest hat trick in MLS history. Uh, at some point, he scored three goals in, like, eight minutes uh, during some point in the 90s when there were a lot of games that just didn't really count. Almost. Right. <laughs> fastest, not quickest, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like, the, the shortest period from first goal to third goal. Right. Because I think... De- oh, here's, here's a good play. Oh, just cross there. didn't work out for Manchester. Campos gesticulating wildly. Yes, as as one does. Job. Running out of the goal. So that Opening the goal up. It. Yeah. Let me get out of the way, guys. Oh. That probably should have been a foul on a card, but was not given, thankfully. Now it's just basically running and chasing a yes. ball up and down the field. Yeah. It's very. It's very. There's not like, any real second grade passing yes. or anything. I mean, second grade, every player would be doing. Now there's at least some semblance of positions. It's true. It's so maybe more like sixth grade. Yeah, more like sixth grade. Here's a United wins a corner. corner. I believe this is Diaz Arce that won that corner. He did something. So yeah, glad we shouted him out early. No, wait, yeah. it was Moreno. It was Moreno. It wasn't Diaz. Arce. It's, hard, it's hard to tell. Uh, with the old uh, 90s uh, quality feed. Right. Oh! Eddie Pope, ladies and gentlemen! Wins the game! Is On a corner kick! Crushed by his teammates. <laughs> it always comes Anyone down to, to restarts and, and free yeah. kicks, doesn't uh, it? Alexi yeah. Lawless would, would, would certainly agree. Yes, yeah, set plays determine games. Oh, Eddie Pope is still alive under there. He Thank God he wasn't he killed. To emerge from the pile. Was that a very young Kevin Payne hugging Jeff Agus? No, that was the, the trainer. Uh, oh, the trainer, Rick okay. Peter, uh, at the time. <laughs> <laughs> ben and I are just completely at a loss. If he ended up being We're pretty sure Jason is making the... these names up. No, no. He ended up being the national team trainer once Arena... Uh, oh, I see. Uh, so he became a little more famous then. And yet... You... <laughs> right. <laughs> There wasn't a lot to do as a <laughs> uh, in 1996. A lot of raising the roof going yes, on. Yes, it was the time of, of uh, where that was actually the appropriate thing to be doing. I do like the ABC umbrella. 
And look there. at that trophy. With MLS commissioner yeah. Doug Logan. Yes. There was a time that the Don wasn't commissioner? Yeah, he's the second commissioner of Major League Soccer. And John Harks raises the trophy. Etcheverry gets a hand on it. That's it. Uh, so, what do you guys think? Worthy champions in 1996? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, it was an ugly game because of the weather. But uh, L.A. really came to sort of sit on a lead. Um, and they got the lead that they wanted, and they tried their best to sit on it, and actually got another goal. You know, everything went their way, and they still ended up being defeated. And then United turned it on yeah. in the the second yeah. half of the second half. Yeah, really. Um, with uh, especially once Etcheverry became enraged uh, at some slight uh, real or imagined, uh, and at that point, LA had really no answer for what he was yeah. doing. True right. story: the Brazilian Hulk actually. Uh, Chose that name in tribute to Echeverry's performance in this game. Oh. Little known fact nice. that I may have just made up. <laughs> I mean, people can try and check that on the internet, but I don't think you can find out. I don't think you can find uh, Only if you speak Portuguese. Yeah. yeah. And good luck yep. if you're listening to this podcast and you speak Portuguese. Let us know. Uh, at FilibusterDCU on Twitter. FilibusterPodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, guys. We're going to keep going into uh, the next game, which you're going to hear probably a week after this one comes out. Or, or two weeks. At some point before the season starts, you'll hear the second game, uh, which is the 2004 Eastern Conference Final between DC United and the New England Revolution. So we're just going to record it right now, and you just have to wait because we're mean like that. And we're really vindictive bastards when you get down to it. So uh, from this vindictive bastard and the others with me, thank you for listening. Uh, we'll talk to you real soon. This is Filibuster, the Black and Red United podcast.